The world the prophet Isaiah lived in is like the world we live in now. In the southern kingdom of Judah, sin and evil had gotten so bad that God said it was time for judgment. The very sin that led God to punish ancient Judah are alive and well in our world today, making it ripe for judgment too. But even in the worst of spiritual darkness, God offers a lifeline of hope. Let's learn more about that lifeline in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a program dedicated to helping people grow in their understanding of Bible prophecy. This is host Steve Miller. Each week, we look at what the Bible says about the end times and explore how today's events are setting the stage for Christ's return. All of this is done with a desire to help us grow in our love and awe of the God behind all Bible prophecy. In this episode, we're going to look at one of the reasons the Bible is filled with prophecies about the future. A key purpose of prophecy is to give us hope when our current circumstances look so bad it appears there is no hope. In a world filled with so much chaos, it's easy for us as Christians to become discouraged about all that is going wrong. And the remedy for this is the hope that is found in Bible prophecy. That's our lifeline in the midst of spiritual darkness. As we read Isaiah chapter 5, we see today's culture unfold before us. The world Isaiah lived in is like the world we live in now. The sins that led to God's judgment upon the southern kingdom of Judah are the same sins that engulf our world today, making it ripe for God's judgment. The bigger context here is that the northern kingdom of Israel had already been taken into captivity by the Assyrians. All that remained in the land of Israel was the southern kingdom of Judah. And in Isaiah chapter 5, God describes how far the people had fallen morally and spiritually. As we read through chapter 5, we're given a list of the sins that angered God. In verses 8 to 10, we read about the people's obsession with material gain. Greed was everywhere. In verses 11 and 12, God condemned the people for their addiction to drink and entertainment. They had become absorbed by selfish pleasures. In verses 18 and 19, God spoke about how eager the people were to indulge in sin. Evil had become rampant. In verse 20, we read about the people's twisted immorality. In their spiritual blindness, they called evil good, and they called good evil. They exchanged the light for darkness, and they considered darkness to be light. In verse 21, God said, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and shrewd in their own sight. He condemned the people for their arrogance and pride in which they exalted self and despised others. In verses 22 and 23, God expressed anger toward corrupt leaders who perverted power and justice. Then in verse 25, we read that it is for all these reasons that God would bring judgment upon Judah. Through much of the book of Isaiah, God condemned the people of Judah for their sinfulness and disobedience, and he threatened to remove them from the land. The spiritual darkness was great, and God's anger was great as well. 
Even so, God didn't write off his people. Before he sent them into exile, he continued to offer mercy and forgiveness if they would turn back to him. Through the prophet Isaiah, God lovingly warned his people for 60 years. Even though Judah was ripe for judgment, God was patient. Through all that time, Isaiah shone God's light into a dark culture. This light came in the form of promises about deliverance and restoration. It is within Isaiah that we find some of the most powerful prophecies about the coming Messiah. Because the spiritual darkness was so great, these prophecies stood out like brilliant stars. Two of the most famous prophecies are ones that many of us are familiar with. In Isaiah 7.14, we read, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, we read this, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. These are just two of the many prophecies in Isaiah where God promises to send a Savior who can offer forgiveness and bring people back to God. These prophecies also said that God would someday restore the nation of Israel. They spoke of a Messiah who would rule from David's throne in Jerusalem and bring the people of Israel back into relationship with God. These prophecies were a lifeline of hope to God's people. What's remarkable is that the very sins listed in Isaiah chapter 5 are the sins that plague our world today. In 2 Timothy 3, we see a lot of similarities to the sins listed in Isaiah 5. The Apostle Paul wrote that in the last days, people would be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. All of these sins are very much evident in today's culture. We're living in the days of Isaiah chapter 5 all over again. The sins that brought judgment against Judah are now making today's culture ripe for judgment. And in the same way that Isaiah warned the people of Judah, there are many warnings in the New Testament, and especially in the book of Revelation, that are directed at today's world. And yet, even in the midst of those warnings, God has also given us prophecies in which he promises to purge the world of sin and restore righteousness. There are many scripture passages in which we're told that Christ will return to set up his kingdom, restore righteousness, and rule forever. 23 out of the 27 books of the New Testament include prophecies about Christ's second coming. In Matthew 24, Jesus himself said that after the tribulation, then will appear in heaven the sighing of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
Revelation 19.15 tells us that when Christ returns, from his mouth will come a sharp sword with which to strike down the nation. He will destroy all his enemies, and the Antichrist and false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 then tells us about Christ's 1,000-year kingdom on earth, and after that will come the new heaven and the new earth. In Revelation 21, we are promised that God will wipe away every tear from our eye, and that death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Then in Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter in the Bible, not once, not twice, but three times, Jesus promises, I am coming soon. There are many more prophecies that talk about the wonderful future that awaits us. In the same way that God wanted to give a word of hope to his people in the book of Isaiah, he has given us words of hope all through the Bible. Words that point to a day when evil will come to an end and Christ will rule as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is one of the reasons we find so many prophecies in the Bible. Through these prophecies, God extends to us a lifeline of hope. As we struggle with the challenges of being surrounded by evil, God's promises about the future are meant to sustain us. It is through Bible prophecy that we are encouraged and reminded that the things of this world are temporary and the things of God are eternal. This is why we can have hope no matter how bad things get. In closing, I'd like for us to turn back to the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 5, God listed all the reasons he was bringing judgment upon the people of Judah. As he described the sins of his people, his heart was filled with both anger and grief. Then in chapter 6, Isaiah has a vision in which he is brought into God's throne room. God's desire is to send a messenger to warn the people of Judah and call them to turn away from their sin. God asks, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah quickly responds, Here I am, send me. Here we see Isaiah's compassion for the wicked people all around him. He was willing to be God's spokesman. He was willing to shine a bright light into a dark culture. God gives us an opportunity to do the same. In every age, he needs people who are willing to say, Here I am, send me. The Apostle Paul described our calling in Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15, where we read this, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in this world. As we look at the spiritual darkness around us, it's easy to say, the world is too far gone. But that wasn't Isaiah's attitude, and it shouldn't be ours. No matter how grim the darkness, as long as we are still here on earth, and as long as we haven't been raptured yet, that's our cue to keep our light shining. As we cling to the lifeline of Bible prophecy and look forward with hope to the day of Christ's return, may our lives be vessels through which God can draw others to Him so that they might have hope as well.
Thank you very much for joining me for Foreshadows Report. If you found yourself frustrated by all that is going wrong in today's world, my hope is that you've been encouraged by what I've just shared. God was very intentional about including prophecies in His Word. He knew that we would need frequent reminders that there is coming a day when righteousness will prevail. The many promises of Christ's return are meant to give us hope and peace in the midst of all the evil around us. God's desire is for Bible prophecy to help us persevere and keep our eyes on the finish line, knowing that He is in control of all that happens and that a glorious future awaits us. This episode concludes Season 4 of Foreshadowed Report. We'll begin Season 5 on Tuesday, August 1st, four weeks from now. During this break, I'll be preparing new material for future podcasts. But make sure to join us next week for a special episode. We're going to feature what could be called a Foreshadows favorite. It's the most popular episode we've had over the last four seasons. And to find out which one it is, be sure to listen next week. And then after that, Season 5 will begin on August 1st. In the meantime, I will continue to stay in touch by posting messages every day on my Telegram messenger channel, Foreshadows Report. If you haven't checked out Foreshadows Report on Telegram, you can find a link to it on my website, stevemillerresources.com. There, you can see my daily post and sign up to subscribe to Foreshadows Report. Again, that's at stevemillerresources.com. And I want to give a special word of thanks to Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast possible.